0: Hi, I'm Cheryl Sutherland. I'm a producer for The Decibel, and today I'm filling in for Manika. You don't have to know about ballet to know that Sipe November is one of the most talented dancers of a generation. He has the wow factor. He's got a cool Instagram, he's doing fashion shoots, and when you watch him on stage, you can't help but be drawn in. It's something about how he's perfectly doing classical ballet but with emotion and a style that I personally haven't seen before. And then for me, there's his pride. To see Sipi November become only the second Black principal dancer in the National Ballet of Canada's 70-year history, that's big. He's an important figure in a world that has, for a long time, been very white. But the ballet world is changing.
1: I don't think the art form is out of touch. Uh, it, it wouldn't have survived over you know, 300 years if it was out of touch, right? So I think the people who are responsible, <laughs> who are in charge, maybe they are a little lot of touch.
0: Sipe November will tell us about his incredible journey into the ballet world, his new role as Prince Siegfried in the National Ballet's latest production of Swan Lake, and why he thinks ballet matters today. You're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Sipi, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You're a very busy guy, and we've actually caught you in between rehearsals for Swan Lake. How is that going?
1: So far, so good. Uh, we got to see some of the costumes with the dancing yesterday, so there's a lot of uh, exciting parts that are coming together.
0: Yeah. I want to get into Swan Lake a little bit later in the interview, but I, I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about some more broader ideas about ballet because I see you as a dancer. You're kind of like this modern dancer, that I like to watch on Instagram, that kind of thing. What is it about ballet that speaks to you? What do you like about it?
1: Uh, There's so many components, so many things I love about it. You know, I think the discipline is, is one thing that I do really enjoy. Uh, the pursuit of perfection. Well, for me, some people don't understand that it doesn't exist. But knowing that it doesn't really exist makes the journey to try and get there more enjoyable i find for me but i think it's within that finding finding and like almost like an emotional perfect is mm. really exciting you know that feeling where like someone's like ah oh, that that was perfect even though they know it wasn't you know but there's something about it that that speaks to perfection and that's where the magic is and just also the opportunity to represent a different a different person in it i think Mm -hmm. Really excites me. You know, it keeps me going in that direction because, you know, I could have done any other style or any other form of dance, but I think the pursuit of representing and and hopefully excelling along the way um, really keeps me motivated.
0: I want to take a step back here because you know what we do here at the decibel it's a daily news podcast and not everyone will know about your journey and your journey is quite incredible into the world of ballet because before you became a classical ballet dancer you were a kid from a small town in South Africa I read that you were known as the dancer quote-unquote of your town
1: <laughs> yeah back in the day
0: <laughs> but you but you were you were as you described a street dancer like you weren't doing ballet um, can you just Walk me through how you made that leap into the ballet world.
1: Absolutely. I mean, where, where I, I come from, I mean, I would say, to be honest, the whole continent of Africa is just filled with dance and, you know, dance is a, is social, you know? And so I don't think you could live in a society like in South Africa and not dance. I think it's impossible. I don't, you know, so I think that was just my upbringing. Um, I happened, me and my brothers happened to be, you know, kind of okay at it. <laughs> People enjoyed watching us more and more. Um, along the way, uh, a woman by the name of Fiona was working for an organization called Dance for All and they were doing outreach and she was trying to get all these, uh, township communities to get into ballet because she understood the importance of discipline, the importance of after-school activities. And it was an opportunity for kids to really stay out of trouble and pursue an art form that's foreign to them. Mm-hmm. And then from there, f- my my family now here in Canada uh, saw one of our shows. and
0: Saw your shows in South Africa.
1: Saw one of our shows in South Africa, yeah. exactly. And when they came back to Canada, they were, you know, as they say, they, they just couldn't get me out of their heads <laughs> after watching the shows and so they reached out and wanted me or they asked me in, in which ways they could help me uh whether that's you know going to a better dance school or going just to a better academic school mm-hmm. they just wanted to find a way to to help me and so I was old enough to audition for the National Ballet School a year later. So they were like, there's a great school here. We don't know what it's like. We hear it's amazing. If you'd like to try it and live with us, be part of our family, we would be more than happy to make that happen. And so obviously for me, it was a no-brainer. I said yes, moved to Canada in 2010, got into the ballet school, and then uh, the journey begins.
0: Okay, I have to ask you, what was that audition like? Because I'm imagining that you have never seen, you know, national ballet of canada and 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 it's probably a different style than what you're used to what was that like for you
1: i mean i was so excited you know i think everything was a thrill you know the city living in a big city meeting new friends the social aspect of it and i think i was just so lost in it i was just having fun you know also the Not knowing if I was going to get in and I would maybe go back to South Africa just made me, I think, more fearless in enjoying my time.
0: Hmm. interesting. And how old were you at the time?
1: I was 11. I was 11 when I I moved to Canada.
0: I want to talk to you about where you're at today, because just last year you were promoted to principal dancer, which is the highest rank of a dancer you can be in a company and so first off congratulations
1: (laughs) thank you so much
0: um and you're also the national ballet of canada's youngest principal dancer and you're also the only second black principal dancer in the company's 70 year history i just want to ask you like what is it like for you kind of having this very senior role and at the same time representing you know blackness in a world that is you know let's be honest pretty white
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think it's it's Like it's an opportunity, you know, I really get so excited by that, you know, and, and, you know, obviously the rank and stepping up allows for me to have a wider reach, I think, and more engagement with different parts of my community. Mm. It it, it makes me uh, so excited and and so uh, incredibly full of optimism, you know.
0: Why, why optimism?
1: Because I never I never really imagined it for me. Mm. And so I think that being able to show, you know, I can only imagine if when I was younger if, if I could just see it. And having not seen it and achieved it is keeps me keeps me optimistic, you know. I think I think that was one of the biggest things, right? Because even with dancers, where it you don't know if you can if you don't see, right? Even though you may be allowed, you, but if you don't know and if you're not told, I can only assume, right, that you don't want me. And so I think that was the biggest shift was that we opened up the conversation to everybody and we opened the book for all to see rather than, you know, just in our, in our own little world. You know, I think that there's more to come from me, but there's also more to come from others, that are that are coming up, and so I think that's a beautiful, beautiful feeling, and and, and an exciting one. Mm.
0: Mm. That's a great way of looking at it, because, you know, there's it's an easy thing to think about, like maybe like the the pressure of it all, and and I'm wondering, do you do you feel any kind of pressure from that role, from that responsibility?
1: Uh, naturally, there is pressure, mm. but I I think that it's so complex for me, you know, that I could never pinpoint what the, where the pressure comes from or what it is. So I think it's easier for me to continue um, with the guidance of my mentors, my family, to pursue what I think is right, you know, and, and do the right thing. And that starts with my dancing and then obviously permeates through my social life and my social responsibilities.
0: What was it like for you, you know, as a South African kid, coming to the National Ballet I know we talked about this about the excitement but you know as a as a young black kid um coming into that and I mean what, you know the, like? the
1: school when I joined I think also was one of the first times I'd seen so many kids from all over the world mm. my one of my best friends Ryan is you know half Jamaican half Russian you know I had you know a couple of kids from Brazil who who are black, blacker than me. I'm like, how are you blacker than me from Brazil? So this is the world, this is where I was coming from, right? And so it was in a way really refreshing. And there was this shared passion for what we did. And then, you know, as you get older, you understand the complexities of the world when it comes to dealing with race um, and finding your place in it. And I think for me, that was highlighted for the first time when I joined, you know, in a professional sense, I'm from South Africa. You're faced with racism every day. I get on a plane to South Africa and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to South Africa. I could just, you can feel it mm-hmm. in the air. right? Um, but I think for the first time I, I was kind of, I've had to kind of question my, my existence in, in, in the in classical setting because the, when I first joined initially, you know, even though the company has had—I mean, one of the people that was here is James. They've had other dancers actually that you know were black, and I—I I appreciated and I've—I grew close to them over time. But when I joined, when it was just me for the first time, I was kind of like, "Oh, okay." Um, but you find in that there there's so many shared experiences. You know, we have a dancer in the company who's from South Africa, and that understanding made me feel more comfortable. You know, obviously everybody knew and the company knew that it could do better, you know? And I think they did. And I think seeing that was really, really exciting and continues to be exciting because there is is an understanding now, Mm. you know? And I think that's beautiful to see.
0: So let's talk about this latest production you're performing in, which is Swan Lake. It was supposed Mm -hmm. to debut two years ago, but then COVID happened. How does it feel to be back in the studio rehearsing for this production?
1: Oh, man, it's so exciting. It's really all hands on deck from every department in the company, which, you know, we don't really get to experience very often. It's really exciting to see the whole company come together um, in its full force.
0: Mm. Were you involved at all with this production before this whole shutdown happened two years ago?
1: I was. So I was... It was only my third year in the company. So I was doing a lot of the core work at the time. Mm. So I, you know, was kind of helping create a lot of the dancing and some of the costuming and, and things like that. And now coming back, I'm not doing the core work. So I've had to learn the principal roles that I'm doing. So it's kind of been nice because I, I got to help build it. And then now I hopefully if I do a good enough job, help, help it shine.
0: Yeah, what a progression, right? You know, two years <laughs> on, you were doing, you know, all the stuff behind the scenes and also working with the core. And then now you're going to be the principal.
1: Absolutely. It's it's crazy. It's crazy to think about.
0: I also wanted to ask you, what was it like for you being in lockdown in general? Because as a performer, I'm, I can imagine that must be very difficult getting the stage taken away from you. It was,
1: you know, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't easy. But I think it also, I was. I looked at it, I was like it happened at that point in my career because I can only imagine... If I was, you know, in my prime or even in my last few years as, as a professional, I think it, it would have really felt different. But I think for me, I looked at it with optimism, you know, that when we come out, it's I, I, I can only get better. Mm. It was almost a time to just prepare for the future.
0: I'm really digging your optimism in this interview. You're actually giving me some some positive vibes, so that's good. Am I giving you positive vibes? That's <laughs> you are, good. you are. Because
1: in the studios, everyone's like, you're so nicknamed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so this production of Swan Lake, you know, it's a reimagined version of the classical ballet, and it's directed by, of course, Canada's most famous ballerina, Karen Kane. There's a lot of, you know, hoopla around this starting June 10th. How does this version modernize the story of Swan Lake?
1: There's a human element, I would say, I think, with this version. Even in the first act, you see how the core, the guests of the ball dance with each other. People have little moments where they can create their own kind of relationship, you know, and it's kind of ambiguous as to what it is it's not so straightforward all the time as far as like you're a man you're a woman do this do that hmm. but they, there's a lot of uh integrated partnering so men and women men and men um, which really allows for it to feel like a conversation and so they're really beautiful i mean even choreographically there are elements of the work that are more modern you know and and i think I mean it's still very very classical but i think it it has a life i would
0: say it's interesting that you say that because you know when we talk about classical ballet and its prestigious art form you know has a rich history and you know some may argue that it's you know we've talked about diversity there's also you know gender representation and you talked about some of these man-on-man pairings but um, you know, there's also these heteronormative storylines and there's also been issues with racial stereotypes in some ballets. Um, do you think that classical ballet is, is out of touch in a way?
1: I don't think the art form is out of touch. Hmm. Uh, it, it wouldn't have survived over 300 years if it was out of touch, right? So I think the people who are responsible, <laughs> who are in charge, maybe they are a little out of touch. But I don't think the art form itself
0: mm. is out of touch. So so where will you take it?
1: Oh uh, well where will I take it? Right now, I am I'm just hoping that I can continue to get better. I can continue to engage with uh my audience and, and just really create dialogue with the audience and the people, especially of this city and, and this country and around. Uh, ballet and dance, and just continue that going, and that's where I'm at right now.
0: I mean, one way you you're you're taking it is is through choreography. You had a you had a piece debut just this past March, um, on solid ground. Yes. What are the stories that you're trying to tell through your choreography? Like, what are you what are you trying to tell that kind of pushes the narrative into the future?
1: I think honestly, it's the uh, it's just you know humanity and I think that's just because of where I'm at in my life I know at some point I'll probably want to create works about home you know I'll probably want to create works about one's journey or maybe go get into political stuff and I think that I have to keep that that door open for those possibilities but really that comes from just being honest with the work and so if I stay honest with the work and create work that's honest that comes from the right place that evolution should naturally happen you
0: know well sipe thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today i am a big fan and um, i've really appreciated this time so i can't wait to see what you do next
1: thank you so much
0: that's it for today i'm cheryl sutherland our producers are me madeline white and rachel levy mclaughlin david crosby edits the show kasha mihailovich is our senior producer and angel Pachenza is our executive editor Thanks so much for listening. Manika's back on Monday.